Today's guests, we had Shandre and Clayton, both doing amazing jobs, especially in the online marketing industry. The great thing is that I've had a great relationship with both of them. And what I can tell you is this, they have this unwavering mindset and unbelievable work ethic to bring a brand to life. And what's amazing is just how much they can get through when they create a to-do list. They're so focused on processes and procedures, but more importantly, they're so fast and nimble when it comes to understanding business and what's necessary to move the needle. One thing I want to say to you guys is this. You have to listen to this podcast, but you're going to see two amazing people absolutely not only killing it with their own brands, but brands that they've been able to help. One in particular is obviously Elevate and Titan Fitness. So without any further ado, here is Chandre and Clayton. But before that, guys, please hit the like, subscribe, share button, show the love. I appreciate all the support, the messages that I get from people. It's what makes this podcast. So thanks again. And please, once again, subscribe, share, show the love. And let's get into this. All right, we're ready to rock today. Oh, wait. I'm okay. Sorry. Okay, so this is what I love. This is the intro. This is the intro. This is raw and live. There's no guess previously that have recorded me like that. I'm really? pretty happy no one. Oh, you know what? Nice. But they do come in when these lights come on, they're a bit shocked. But anyway, I was lucky enough to spend time with you guys last week. Got to know you guys really, really well. We went out, we spent time, we ate together, we had laughs. I interviewed you for 30 minutes, Chandra. But in this podcast today, I, I just want each of you to tell the viewers what you do. You, you've got unbelievable credentials, but I'm going to start with you, Chandra. So tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you've been able to achieve in a short amount of time because there's a fair thing areas that I'm going to go into after the last video people have watched they've asked me a lot of questions and i think these questions i didn't know the answers to okay so i'm very excited to get into this and i think this no i know i know <laughs> sorry better. Clay, sorry much better language i know i know <laughs> this that the takeaways people are going to get from watching this podcast today is going to be unbelievable um, they're going to learn the processes the patience required for any individual to succeed in any field Right, but Shandra, I want to start with you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you've got a huge resume. I don't care how long you go for because it's all exciting. Okay. Um, I'll go wind the clock back and I'll start um, at, I guess, when we last spoke, I told you a bit about my upbringing and, you know, my family background and all of that. Um, I ended up, uh, my family immigrated to New Zealand and I did all of my schooling there. And um, kind of going through school, I thought, you know, I'm going to become a doctor and, like, that's how I'm going to make my impact on the world. And honestly, like, I feel like you never know what's around the corner because um, when I was in my first year at university, I was doing pre-med and um, my whole the whole pathway for my life changed when I started my first company because I didn't end up becoming a doctor. I ended up stumbling into business. And I guess that's really where my career started. Um, so I was 18 years old. It was 2020, uh, 2013. Um, and... At the time I was tutoring for my part-time job. So um, I was at university full-time and I was tutoring six kids in English and maths. 
And um, they were all asking me what they should do when they leave school. Like they were saying things like, what should I study? What should I be? Um, my mom said I should be a doctor or an engineer or a lawyer because that's what all the smart kids do. Um, should I go to, you know, the local university here in Auckland or should I go somewhere else? And I just actually at the start, like gave them really um, the same answers that other people gave me. I said, you know, smart kids do do engineering law um, or medicine and you should go to Auckland University like I was doing. And then my whole world changed and um, my answers to those questions changed too when I met five kids who are my age um, and they'd been admitted to the best universities in the world. So these kids were going to schools like Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Oxford, Cambridge, or they'd been admitted to those schools. And when I met them, I, my mind was blown. I was like, wow, I only ever hear about these schools on TV or in movies. Um, how did you do that? And also like, isn't it, doesn't it cost like a million dollars a year to like go to one of these universities? And what I learned was that they'd all planned to do this for a long time. They just had a lot of structure and strategy around how they would get in. And um, most of them were going to these universities and, you know, one of them was going to Harvard and paying less than I was paying to go to the University of Auckland. And so I was amazed. I was like, wow, you know, if you can do it, then I could have done it too if I had known like, you know, three or four years ago. And maybe the kids that I'm tutoring can do it too. So that's really where my business, um, Crimson Education, started. Um, and over a period of, you know, uh, a decade now, because Crimson um, has, it's, you know, 2024 in June this year, the business will be 11 years old. Um, but over that time period, we've worked with thousands of students now across um, uh, like over 30 countries um, to figure out what they want to do next, where they want to go to university, what they want to study, what career pathways they want to go into. And I guess more, most importantly, what they're really passionate about. Um, and so for that part of my career, when I was building the business, every day was about, you know, waking up, showing up and like really like being super committed to helping every single student achieve their potential. And that's what like made me feel really motivated. Like instead of like, you know, becoming a doctor and creating impact through helping people in a hospital, I was so motivated to create impact by changing the course of someone's life, by helping them find a career pathway that they were passionate about, helping them, you know, learn from the best people in the world. And so that was kind of my world for about eight years. Um, and then after I left Crimson, which was um, two years ago, just kind of during COVID, um, I decided that I wanted to learn a lot more about different industries and verticals and also wanted to give back more. And so I started my foundation um, called The One Billion. Um, our goal with the foundation is to improve a billion lives before 2050. Um, and I also, I kind of saw the intersection of like philanthropy and giving back um, and business. And so I started investing more in companies that were really progressive and like very socially focused, but also like for-profit businesses. Um, and yeah, now I think, you know, every day is very exciting because we have the opportunity to kind of do some of the exciting stuff that, um, you know, we're, we're working on at the moment with helping to support and build companies that can help change the world. So yeah, that's kind of my background in a nutshell. Wow, so you, you, you go to study medicine and then you feel like, you're tutoring and you see a gap and then you decide to start crimson did you did you who'd you get help from did you did, was it just something you just started who was sort of like giving you the confidence to go for it at that point um it's actually really interesting because neither of my parents are in business both of them work in healthcare. so my mom is a speech therapist and my dad um has worked in public health for my whole life and so when I got home from school every day, like we'd always sit down around the dinner table and 
we talk about like, you know, what, uh, whether there was like a water crisis in Auckland or like um, if there was like a measles outbreak or something like that, or my mum's work with her patients. But we never really sat around the table and talked about business because that wasn't really like the influence that, you know, I had around me. And so when I started um, Crimson, it was a real surprise, I think, to both of my parents. And um, I think that what it really forced me to do when I was learning about, you know, actually setting up a business and um, taking those steps towards growing it, um, it, it really taught me that, like, business is just problem solving, right? Mm. Like, there are so many ways to solve problems. And it's great to have, like, mentors and people around you who can help you to learn. But I think the most important thing is having the right mindset um, because... I think being resourceful is really important. I think being able to just be logical is really important. And if you've done things for a long time in business, sometimes you lose that. You lose the ability to be creative with problem solving. And so one of the things I'm most grateful for is being, you know, 18 when I started my company and being so naive because it kind of forced me to find new and innovative ways to solve problems every day. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to get back to you, but Clay, <laughs> we've had you on a couple of times. This is the one, bro. What's so, what's so funny? <laughs> oh, funny. No, both both episodes were great, to be perfectly honest. But you've done so much. Um, you're 31 soon. Soon, yeah. Soon, Valentine's Day, right? That's right. Okay. Little lover boy. <laughs> That's it. So tell us a little bit about yourself because I want you to do that. And then how did you two meet? I want to know that as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, I always grew up playing sport, so that was always my dream when I was younger. I loved to play soccer. So I went overseas and traveled, but I was quite good at school as well. Um, I was quite good at everything when I was young, to be honest. Like I kind of was someone that was very curious and very competitive. So a lot of the things that I touched, I'd kind of want to figure out how to do well at them. Um, it didn't work out at that age playing soccer overseas and I decided to come back and do my HSC because I was academic and I, I wanted to do well at that. Um, Went to uni to study law and media. I was never really interested in being a lawyer, but I had the opportunity to do it and I thought it'd teach me some good skills. Um, and then I met a mutual friend of ours, Iza, who's the founder of EHP Labs. So I was kind of traveling around playing soccer at that stage and I thought, well, I better start this whole career thing. Um, I went there as an intern. I walked in, they were like a social media company at the time. I walked in with my suit to kind of my first office job in my interview. Um, and I was lucky enough to get the internship is I was overseas at the time and he got back and kind of two weeks into that internship, he was like, cool, I see a lot of your, you in myself and um, kind of come under my wing and let, let's build this thing. This is my vision. Here's what I'd like you to help on. Here's the things that I can teach you. Don't, don't worry about anything that you've learned in the past. This is a fresh slate. Let's just kind of go all in. And I really valued that. I was really at a point in my life that I was um, ready to fully commit myself to learning. And at that time in my career, I didn't have any other resource. I had no experience. I had no money. I had nothing but effort. Um, so that's the resource that I leveraged. So being fresh into the company, which was still kind of um, just starting, to be honest, I was always like spending a lot of time in the office. I wanted to make sure I was the first person there. I was the last person to leave. I would take on as much work as I could. I would go to the office on public holidays. Like that was very much my mentality at that stage. And those kind of five years that I was there with, especially working super closely with him, were super formative years. We kind of built that company from a handful of employees to a global operation. It was very much on the cusp of when social media, digital advertising and influencer marketing was just kind of starting. So I had the opportunity to have a really big impact at a, a fast scaling company like that. Um, and a lot of those lessons that I learned through those first years are things that I went and applied throughout my career. 
Um, I parted ways with them after five years and went into a new startup, which was a health and fitness technology. We then branded that, uh, sorry, built a new brand off the side of that crop shop boutique and then also went into Muscle Republic. So it was kind of four health and fitness startup scale up brands that I was a part of, but each of them was like hyper-focused on the same mission, which was kind of empowering that online community to become their best. That was the mission with the supplements. It was the mission with the transformative app that we built, the clothes that we sold. We wanted girls um, to feel amazing and we wanted guys and girls to feel amazing at Muscle Republic. And I spent a lot of time really understanding that customer who's probably a customer that's similar to yours now in the gym. You know, people that are super interested in growth and self-development and feeling more confident and in, in taking on more responsibility and building amazing lives. And I got a lot out of... Um, learning how to drive those online communities and add values to those journeys, um, both like through the product and the transactional experience, but also just through adding like a lot of value without asking for anything in return, which I think is a super important part of business is being able to kind of over deliver on that value aspect. Um, I'd only ever been in one business at a time. So I kind mm. of did my journey at EHP and then we went and built um, Bodies by Rachel and rebranded that into Move With Us and then I moved back to Sydney and, and went on the journey with... Um, probably one of my favorite people in the world, Vic, who was on the podcast last mm. week and his story is just so incredible. I loved working with him and, and loved spending time with him. But I always felt um, that, you know, working with these founders of these companies that my impact could be a little bit broader than just scaling their business with them. So I actually met with Sean um, when I was thinking about what was next for me last year as someone who had built such an incredible business and then moved into kind of working on various projects at the same time. And we spoke about a few different things and then, yeah, quite suddenly, maybe a month ago now, she called me and she was like, hey, Clay, um, do you want to go to America next week? Let's go over for two weeks and let's let's go and explore some new things and see how much we can get done. And she was like, look, we can, we can stay in Sydney and maybe catch up once a month and talk about these things or we can just go and get a place and stay together for two weeks and make all of that progress in a two-week period. And that's kind of exactly what we did. So we put a little bit of a plan together about what uh, we're both interested in building and I think it, there was a lot of synergy there because as people we have kind of very similar values and morals in terms of like empowerment and encouraging other people to kind of do and be more and to help as many people as we can, which is what we've kind of both done in different ways in our careers so far. And um, hopefully it's reciprocated, but it's been quite fun working with us so far. It's been all right. Um, <laughs> well, mate, I was in that room with you guys last week and it was it was uh, intense. Like, you know, you, you, it was like there was, there was a game for 80 minutes and it kept going into extra time. <laughs> That's what it right. felt like. The energy was like, man, how many extra times are these guys going to have? <laughs> I think in basketball, they, the, the, the record's three or four extra times. So you guys just kept going into extra time. But it showed, you know, the, the energy that you guys have, you know, at one point it looked like you were down and she was pulling you up and then Chandra was down and you were pulling, pulling her up, you know. But one thing I know about you as well, like I've known you for a while, and you know you, you've helped a lot of people uh, through th their journey and their business, and you've always worked for one company, but you've also helped companies while you're working for that one company. Like anytime someone asks you for help, you'd always be helping them out. So to me, it feels like what suits you the most. You like f working on a few projects at the same time because you understand that th this is the way you know business is built. These are the frameworks, these are the principles, and you can't really remove yourself from those frameworks and principles. So they relate to almost every business. The question I want to ask you is, um, do, you, do you guys look for the energy of the founder 
to see if the founder fits right with what you guys are trying to execute on? Yeah, I think for sure. Like, regardless of how you look at it, the founder is always going to be the heartbeat of the business. Mm. So empowering that founder and getting them to unlock that potential is going to pay huge dividends for like every single moving part of a business. And if that founder is not operating at the level that they can be, it's really hard to grow a separate business without that piece being kind of done correctly. And I'm sure you could relate to that yourself. Oh, it's, it's hard. Like you, as a founder, you like for me, you have to outsource certain things and they have to be able to look at the blind spots that you can't see at times. And you need good people to be around to be able to help facilitate those blind spots so you could become better at what you need to become better at. What I want to ask, like my daughter, when I, when I got back from the Gold Coast, she asked me um, the question like, how did you start? And you, we, we talked about that. But I think what she wanted to know most about was what were the challenges? Like when I interviewed Vic, right? He had so many points of where, you know, you'd probably quit if you were Vic. You know, the, the amount of times he was down to almost nothing. Like it was easy for him to throw in the towel. And a lot of people resonated with that story because I could, I've, I resonated with that story because of the first, you know, 14 years prior to owning this business, I felt the same as well. Um, obviously, you were able to build a huge business with Crimson. Did you have at, at points where you thought, geez, have I gone in a bit over my depth here? I think that um, at any point, person who starts a business who says that they haven't felt like that is lying yeah because starting anything from nothing and like going on this journey of actually creating something and turning it into something is really really difficult like it is so hard to number one um i think a lot of people struggle with like articulating their vision so you know knowing what you want to build and being able to share that with other people Mm. i think can be really challenging um, and then this, the other part that's hard is actually like, as a founder, knowing that every day you wake up, you're working towards something that's like really meaningful to you, but also there are so many challenges that come your way every day. So like the, when, when push comes to shove, um, you are the person that has to solve those challenges, right? And so I think that's hard. Like being a founder is not like having any other role. Like you. I think for lots of people, if you work a nine to five job, you know exactly what your job every day is going to entail. Mm. You know what you're going to be doing. You know what the tasks are. You know what you need to complete. When you're a founder, yes, those things are there. Like, you know, in your mind what you want to tick off, but you also have to deal with all the other shit that mm. like no one else can deal with. Or like if say there's a huge opportunity, like the only person who actually fully will realize what the opportunity is, is you. And so I think the challenge, like one of the challenges and one of the, also the greatest opportunities that come with being a founder is like being comfortable with being uncomfortable mm. and like knowing that when you're in an, in an environment where like you know it might feel like you're drowning actually like learning how to swim and like getting out of that like drowning situation maybe like getting to shore is what will teach you the most and for me like that's where the rush of entrepreneurship actually comes from like i love the feeling of being out of my depth and i love the feeling of knowing that if i just push a little bit harder i'll probably learn something that I didn't know before, like solve a problem that I couldn't have solved before. Mm. And that's why I keep doing it. Like when I left Crimson, I could have stopped and like, you know, retired on a beach and just said, this is, this is it for me. I'm retiring at 26 or 27. But I kind of have never really given, never really like um, given up or wanted to give up that urge of like continuing to learn. Cause I just think that like entrepreneurship is the best way 
to um to do something that's like really meaningful and that comes from like doing things that are different and it comes from being uncomfortable and like getting through that discomfort and then like learning and becoming comfortable and then finding a new situation to be uncomfortable in well that that's a great answer but what, what i want to know like is every entrepreneur like that i'm going to ask you this question clay do you look at some people going mate this guy's just not going to make it like um, be honest like I, I sometimes look at you know what's funny i look at people and i go i was hopeless I believe everyone can make it, right? I, w I wasn't the best, right? Um, and I understood that about me. So I believe in people probably more than they believe in themselves. So when people come to me, I actually believe in them because I wasn't the best, right? But I was able to push through that and learn and educate myself and keep learning and keep learning by putting in the work. But surely, right? Like sometimes you see people go, he's actually not gonna make it or she's not gonna make it. Do you see that? I think you kind of answered it. Like, I think there are people at stages that aren't ready, but if they're coachable and they seek the right resources and they're honest with themselves, they can get themselves to a point where they are ready. Um, but I think it's important as a founder, like super important to remove your ego mm. um, and to be a founder that can be coachable just the same way that you want your team to be coachable. And like, for sure, there's people that I've met, that you've met that maybe aren't performing at a level um, that places them as the best possible person at that time for that business. Not to say that they can't get there, but... I think it's like any other trait like you need to you need to understand what success looks like and be honest with yourself about if you're performing at the level that warrants that um, and if you're not then you need to be open to taking steps to become the version of yourself that that is that person yeah because yeah you're gonna say something? i was just gonna say that i think that it is possible for every person to be able to make it but i think that for many people they like being able to have the uh, resilience that's required to actually make it is that that's where lots of people fail. Like I, mm. one of the things that I always remind myself of is that the quickest way to failure is to stop. Mm. And so like when you feel like you have to stop, most people I think do stop because it's too hard. But by stopping, you're actually just like accepting the fact that you can't go anywhere. Mm. So I think that like most people could keep going. I think actually everyone could keep going. Yeah. And like after enough tries, they probably get to where they want to go. Mm. But I don't think that that, I don't think most people give themselves the, op the opportunity to get there. It's funny because when I was interviewing Vic, I, I watched the, the Sylvester Sloan uh, documentary on Netflix. And he said, he, he, it, was, it, was, it was actually a great um, documentary. He said he got there the hard way and there was no other way for him to get there. But he got there. So for some people, do you believe like, you got success pretty early. Like, it, it, that's not going to happen for everyone, right? Right. It depends on what age you start at, I guess. It depends, like, if, if you start at a young age. But the question I want to ask you is this. You know, if you look at the graph of an entrepreneur, it's up and down, right? It's up and down. But what's the key ingredient that's necessary? Like, what was the biggest thing that you focused on to, to get you there? Like... Was it sacrifice? Did you go, hey, I'm gonna have a 10 year block here where I'm shutting everything down. I'm just gonna focus on this vertical right here and just be, you know, laser focused. Um, that's a hard question because I think for me, I always was just so in love with the journey. Like mm. there were days where, you know, I would work maybe, I'd probably sleep six hours or five hours a day. The rest of the day I'd literally would just be working and I would do that day and day after day after day and I was really happy with that lifestyle because I knew that what I was doing was worthy of me giving up whatever I was giving up mm. so I never really felt like a sacrifice 
Um, but I think that like in when you're building something and when you know exactly what your vision is, you know what you're trying to create, um, being really focused is so powerful. And so for that period of time, like there was a period of probably, you know, eight or nine years in my life where most of my friends were going out after on a Friday night or a Saturday night and, um, you know, they're going to bars and they were partying and um, they uh, were planning like huge birthday celebrations and going on holidays and stuff like that. And for me, like that just didn't even exist in my world. Like mm. I'd never felt like I was sacrificing anything because I was so focused on what I was doing that I didn't even realize that like other stuff was going on. Mm. And so I think um, being able to understand that like building something does require a lot of focus. It requires a lot of commitment. And in most businesses, a lot of, um, I think sacrifice of things that maybe at other phases in your life, you wouldn't want to sacrifice um, is important. So like, being on that journey at the right time, I think is really critical because yeah. otherwise like it could feel like you're being pulled in so many different directions. And um, I think for a lot of people, if it's at the wrong time and um, when that happens, you could probably probably feel like it's really hard. What have been some of the challenges for you, Clay? Like you, you know, you've worked for a few companies, like you would have seen different challenges, different uh, founders, different CEOs. What were some of the biggest lessons that you've learned? I don't know if it was maybe naivety at the start, but I think from like, I got into this like fairly young, mm. like I got into like more like seriously committing to a company when I was like 21, which maybe, maybe you're the youngest, but a little bit after you. Um, but I had this mindset the whole way through that like it didn't matter what happened, we were just gonna figure it out. So mm. when things got hard, like there was no part of my brain that was like, oh, I'd rather be doing something else or maybe this isn't gonna work. And I've worked with founders that like maybe didn't have that same, um, like mindset as me where when it got high, it's like, oh, this is too hard. Like, it's not gonna work. We need to stop. We need to go do something else. But my brain could never really process that. Every company that I've been in, it's mm. like, we're gonna make this, we're gonna get to this goal that we've set no matter what. And like whatever obstacle kind of stands in the way, it's fine, let's understand it and workshop it and like go around it. There was never any kind of thought that entered my mind over like, this is maybe not possible or we can't do this. Mm. Um, I think a lot of that actually came from is at EHP Labs. Mm. Like he was very, strong-minded about I know what I'm building and whatever comes in our way we're going to overcome it I think that's quite powerful like on that progress is never linear like there's always ups and downs but as long as like the net result is positive I think the most constant thing that you need is effort mm. and I think Vic's a great example of that too in his business that like there are like the obstacles are real like it is difficult to build a business mm. but if your effort remains constant and you just believe in showing up every single day and taking steps in the right direction to overcome those things you actually can do it like, and those things will compound over time. And it might not be till year eight that you start to see those exponential results that you wanted in year one. But if you see through that period and like stick at it, you will overcome the things that kind of try to stop you. But a lot of people never get to that point because I think the perception of getting into business at the start is that it's fun and it's sexy and it's, you, you have this lifestyle and you have access to these resources. But that's often quite different once mm. you get your head into the game. Um, so I think effort is like super important. There's challenges everywhere. Like trying to build, uh, especially like fast scale businesses, you know, if you don't control that growth, things will like break quite quickly. Mm. So you need to be ready to solve problems on the fly and you need to like, you need to be a problem solver and you need to be able to lead people not to become overwhelmed when things do go wrong because it's the nature of building something that agile and that fast is that like things will break, but we're gonna respond really quickly and overcome whatever does go wrong. So. I think a lot of it is a mindset. And if mm. you can lead a team to adapt that same mindset to like whatever happens, we're gonna fix it because we're so committed. We so believe in what we're building. Whatever goes wrong, it doesn't matter, we can fix it. I think that's like 
kind of relevant everywhere. Like if you look back at all of the times of your life when you thought things were just irreparable, the world's on fire, like you always get through it. Mm. Like every single time we've felt like that, we've always come out of it. So I think you can get some solace from that mindset of, okay, let me understand where we're at. Maybe option A didn't work. Maybe option B doesn't work, but I'm going to workshop C and D and we're going to find a way to go through it. So that definitely helps, I think. You've kind of been good at that. I've seen you uh, in a lot of situations probably um, when I'm a little bit stressed out. You're very good at going, don't worry, it's going to get fixed. You've always had that level-headedness about you. But what I want to ask you, Chandra, is obviously when you've got to where you've got to at such a young age, one of the biggest awards, I'm, I'm sure there's probably more, but uh, top 30, under 30, Asia-Pacific um, entrepreneur of you know, in the top 30, was it the World Economic Forum one? Uh, Forbes. Forbes. Forbes, Forbes. When you get that award, what does that make you feel like? Because it could get to a lot of people's head, right? Um, I'm sure it could get to yeah. some people's head, but I think, you know, at that moment in time in my life, I was 23 years old and, like, my world was just, like, so focused on my business and, like, it was absolutely crazy like in the most in the best ways possible but you know we had uh we were growing really fast i think our head count in that year went from like 50 people to like 250 people yeah. and um we were opening we opened up like 15 new offices in a 12-month period and so i was on airplanes all the time and like it was just there was just a lot going on and so i always feel like with awards and with recognition it's like so important to take a step back and like appreciate how, how far you've come but really with that like award and that recognition it didn't really feel like something that was just mine like it was like something that was a massive team effort like our whole company like everyone woke up every day and was obsessed with making sure that these students achieved what they did mm. and we had like an amazing you know group of people who were on this journey with us for, for you know five years at that point in time and so i think like for me two things that i now look back and i think really kept me very grounded during that period was Number one, um, I've always been very focused on impact as opposed to like m money or like, you know, awards or um, titles and stuff like that. And so knowing that like I woke up in the morning and like all the effort I was putting in was helping like more students to be successful and like changing the way that people thought that they could achieve like that for me would have I would have never traded that mindset for anything, not even like a million dollars or 10 million dollars or 100 million dollars or a billion dollars. And I still wouldn't now. Um, so that's probably that was probably one thing. And the second thing that kept me really grounded was being really connected to the people around me. So like, um, you know, my family have always been a really big influence on my life, as we talked about mm. last time, but also like our team at Crimson. And so there never would have been a day where like I could have gone into our office and like sat down in my at my desk and felt like, wow, like I'm Forbes 30 under 30. And this is like my thing. Like I've, I, I would have, you know, walked in every single day and been like, wow, guys, look what we've achieved. Like we did this together. So, so it was more yeah. about team than me. It was we. Well, I mean, honestly, like, I could never hand on heart say that any award that I've been given in my life uh, was just about me. Hmm. Like, maybe I was the person whose name was being recognised, but, like, to be able to get to a stage where I was able to be recognised for that is actually, like, uh, recognition to everyone who was kind of on that journey. And I think, like, for me, leadership has always been a really big part of my world. And I think that that's probably the greatest lesson that I've learned along the way that like any leader, any person who's like leading a team or like trying to take others on a journey, 
you really have to recognize that it's not like you might be the person at the front but they're like the people behind you are actually allowing you to be at the front because hmm. if they weren't there you'd just be standing you know in the middle of a field alone that's right um so yeah it's quite interesting when you look at the, the journey that you both have been on obviously with you clay moving from company to company it seems like you're very excited about this journey like you you went to the state he's, he's met some some great companies and great people over there what were some of the takeaways like of that journey of the of the two weeks that you guys spent there like what were the key you don't have to explain all of it but what were the key takeaways i'm actually excited to hear answers for this <laughs> <laughs> so you want the real story well, look, i'll just tell you you said man <laughs> fuck Mets was unbelievable what was it because well, honestly like i think something that like for me has been great about working with sean over the last little period is to like truly challenge me to think bigger hmm. um Pre, like pre-America, I was scoping some new projects that I wanted to work on that I probably would have done regardless and launched locally and would have been like super exciting. But especially at this phase of my life, like why not really go for it and see what I'm capable of? Like something that we probably said every day, doing all of these crazy things we're doing that weren't like super planned. It was like, what's the worst that could happen? You know, what if you really did push the envelope and go and build the biggest, most impactful thing that you could build? Like what's the worst that could happen on that journey and often like the worst case scenario really isn't that bad so it was quite fun for us to be over there like traveling around meeting a lot of these people um and challenging ourselves to think like what's the worst that could happen like what if this thing that we're planning who more capable than us like why can't we do it you know if i believe in your potential you believe in your potential i believe in mine you believe in mine if we can team up and take you know all of these great people that we've built relationships with throughout our careers and all of these leadership skills and all of these things that we really love uh, and what we truly think is our why as like humans and we can build this venture that like combines all of those things into something that's like so authentic and so amazing who's to say we can't do it um so for me it was a big kind of paradigm shift from staying local with like the businesses that i was doing and like trying to just do things in australia or even more like just really build things out from sydney to there's a whole world out there mm. and there's so much impact that we can have um, and I believe I can do it. So why not kind of get on the ground? We're going to go back and spend a few months over there to continue mm. kind of exploring these projects that we're building at the moment. But yeah, those two things were like think bigger and like what's the worst that can happen? They're quite linked, but they're yeah. probably the two biggest ones for me. I mean, some of the names that you, great. you, you rattled <laughs> off. I'm glad. <laughs> Did you like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. Well, let me ask you a question. <laughs> you told him to get on a plane going, you know, if you want to make it happen, you got to get on the plane. It's up to you. You got to start thinking bigger. What are you thinking at the time when you're saying it? Do you, th do you think at that point, do you go, have I sold it to him? Is he going to come? What's he going to be like? What was going through your mind? Well, anyone who knows me knows that I'm like very um, adventurous and like kind of spontaneous, but also I never say no to a great opportunity. And so uh, the way that this kind of panned out for us was quite interesting because I was actually flying back to Australia um, and I stopped in the US for a day that was just like on my way home. And when I was in the US, there, without kind of sharing too much, um, there were a series of things that happened while I was in the US that made me realize all, all of the conversations that we'd been having for probably like six months before that, like that one day, in that one day, the universe was saying like, if you guys don't do this now, then like someone else is going to do it. And so I'd never had an experience like that before where like, you could just design like if you had to design like a sign to say like you should fucking do it now that was literally like everything happened in one day and so i remember i was like you know meant to be on my way back to sydney i was in the uber 
um, to the airport, and in my mind, I, like, kept thinking about it, and I was like, okay, like, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened, and I'm like, like, why, like, why haven't we started doing, why haven't we actioned anything, and so I called Claim, and when I talked to him on the phone, I was like, look, like, these are all the things that have happened, this is, like, literally exactly what we've been talking about for the last six months, like, we, we have to do something about it, and I was actually so surprised, because, like, I was literally thinking out loud, like, as I was talking to him, I was like, we should do this and we should do this and we should meet this person in the in LA or we should, you know, go here and we should talk to this person. And like when he said, oh, great, let's do it. I was like, oh, I was like kind of surprised. I was like, wow, okay, let's do it. And then he was like, and then I asked him, I was like, when, like, when should we do this? He's like, we should do it straight away. And I was like, great, we should do it straight away, you know? And then um, I was like, specifically, when should we do it? And he was like, how about the middle of January? And I was like, well, that's next week. So, you know, sure, we can make it happen next week. And so... Um, I came back home and like a week later we were on a plane. So um, I think like sometimes in life, you know, stuff happens and you can choose to, you know, continue with the plan that you had and like have a very predictable life or you can choose to take a risk and you can choose to do what Clay said, which is like, you know, follow the opportunity and what's the worst that can happen. Mm. Um, and like truly like figure out where, you know, w- where opportunities are. And I think that's like the beauty in like, you know, being able to make decisions and realize that, like, the path of your life can change in, like, an instant. And that's all down to you and the decisions that you make. So when you're over there, all the visions that you had over the last six months, if you were rated out of 10, 10 being the best score, what would you have rated that? Like, because obviously you would have seen all this in your mind, right? Because you must be great at being able to set goals, have a vision, and, and, and make things come to life, right? Yeah, like, I, th- I think, you know, in the six months prior to us um, kind of having that chat, it was kind of like us being able to, like, any entrepreneur would think about what's a problem I'm solving, mm. right? And, like, what's a potential solution? How do I solve that problem? And we'd been talking about this problem for, like, six months, and then we'd be talking about a potential solution. And so, like, in my mind, I don't know if I... Honestly, like, I don't think I had, like, a true vision of like how everything would come together because I feel like that's something that you know takes a little bit of time when you're actually like planning out what you want to do in your business but I definitely really understood the problem we were trying to solve and when I was in San Francisco for that one day before we spoke on the phone the problem was like literally right in front of me and like like you know a couple people who are very influential were saying that this is a problem and they were saying no one's here to solve it and so if I had walked away if I had you know, packed up my suitcase, gone back to Sydney and said like, oh, that's interesting. Like, I'm going to just go about what I planned to do. Then that problem would still be there. But someone else would probably have come in and tried to solve it. And I mean, like, I really back my ability to work hard and problem solve and like create amazing things. And I think that like between myself and Clay, we probably can create something that's like very meaningful. So I'd hate for someone else to come in and do something that's like less than what we could have done if we did a really good job, you know, together on it. And did you feel like <clears throat> if you didn't go, you were going to miss out on a huge opportunity? Kind of, what was, like, what was I, going I spent, through your mind? Like I spent a fair bit of time because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do next. So mm. like I finished up at Muscle Republic end of last year and I did like, I spent the holidays spending, doing like a whole bunch of reflection mm. and a whole lot of planning, which a lot of which would I talk about yeah. with you because I know you're interested in it. But I kind of dissected my life and I was like, wow, like I've, I've had like a, a really great life so far, super enjoyable, but I've been like quite good at being a really high performer at conventional things. I was like quite good at sport and I was really good at school. I did well at uni. I went into business Mm -hmm. and I did well, but then I was like, if I look at my potential, I want to build something that's like unconventional, like that changes the world because I think I'm able to do that. But Mm -hmm. through being like 
better than the norm at a lot of these things. I learned to like kind of seek gratification from just being better than the norm, but that was not at all conducive with what I wanted to build. And if I looked at like the track record of what I've done, it's great. And like, it's super, like I've got an amazing life and I'm really happy, but it's still so far from like the impact that I want to have. So I started thinking, wow, this year, I'm going to need to do something that is like quite unconventional to align with like the unconventional scale of impact that I want to have. Mm. So I've got this big vision board at my house and like in the middle of it, I, you know, I wrote, take the leap. Like this was the year that I really wanted to align my actions with what I really thought my potential was, mm. which would be uncomfortable for me. Um, cause I don't need to do those things. So when, and I didn't, I had no idea at that time when I did this planning and I wrote that sign on my wall, what that opportunity would be. But I really started like looking at it every day and believing it. Like this is the year I'm going to do something unconventional that I'm going to take the leap. I'm going to say yes to the opportunities that, you know, three months ago, if this opportunity came up, I probably would have said no because I would have had an obligation to be in an office and be managing a team. And like, even though this is something I'm like super closely aligned with and passionate about, I probably would have stayed in like the confines of my like successful routine that I had mm. built that I enjoyed. So when that opportunity did come up and I did that planning, like it was one phone call, maybe on the phone for like 15 or 20 minutes. Like there was no part of my brain that like needed to consider beyond that point. It was like, is this aligned with what I think, you know, my purpose and my vision and my potential is? Yes. Have we explored this? Do I believe in this problem that we want to solve as well? Absolutely. Let's just go and do it. Like there was no time for second thought. So <clears throat> we haven't talked about what it is. So what, what's going to happen? <laughs> what's going to happen? Podcast number three. No, no, but like, no you got to give a snippet. I'm going to fucking walk out of here. People are going to watch this or listen or what. And they go, what is it, Mets? Like, what's a snippet? Like, if you could give like, like 5%. Like five percent. Like, what is it? Is it? I don't want to. Is it making it. a brand <laughs> better? Yeah, I know. But um, is, it, is it? Let me ask you a quick. Okay, let's make it simple. Is it like just making brands bigger? Um, we, we believe that there's an opportunity to like build brands in in kind of a different way to what they've yeah. been built before. Yeah. Like very purpose built companies. Yeah. Things that we believe make the world a better place and that solve problems in in innovative ways. Um, and we also believe there's an opportunity to support businesses in a way that we haven't really seen done before. So we're really focused on creating something that can, you know, create these brands that are, that are our brands, that are things that we want to create and like share with the world at scale, which is quite fun. Mm. Um, but also to support kind of existing businesses that we believe can really benefit from that support to have uh, that ecosystem where they can thrive. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's sharing not enough or too much. I don't know if you want to add anything to that. I think you did a really good job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well done. Very <laughs> diplomatic. But last, last week we, I don't know if I could say this, but we picked you up from a, a house you were doing a workshop there yes can we talk about that or we can okay yeah. yeah so culture king simon beard you're working with him one one life club. one life club um we picked you up from there was that your first one was it the first workshop you've done for the yeah so um i um am uh, one of the co-owners in a company called one life club mm. and one life club is essentially like a platform and a community for entrepreneurs so if you're a business owner and you, you know, you want to be surrounded by other people who are going through like the similar challenges and like trying to, you know, I guess, have a sounding board mm. um, and learn the skills. Um, One Life Club is like the community that you would normally that you'd go to. And so last week we had um this really, really amazing day um, and uh, it was basically bringing our community together. So we recently launched this new um, community program for One Life Club. And um, last week we had 24 people who all had and have amazing businesses. 
um, in a range of different areas. We all got together in the Gold Coast and the first half of the day was um, amazing, focused on health and wellness. So um, it was my first time doing cryotherapy. So I got in this like freezing cold like chamber that was like negative 77 degrees and I stood in there for like three minutes, which was crazy. And then after that, um, we did a sauna and an ice bath and then we did this crazy workout. And it was just so amazing to see these high-performing people who are so ambitious with their businesses also focusing on themselves. Hmm. Um, so we did that for half the day. And the second half of the day was all about setting ourselves up for well for the year. So like identifying what our goals are, being able to really like articulate what we're chasing, um, but also how we're keeping ourselves accountable. And then like using the room of like, you know, 24 amazing entrepreneurs to be able to talk about what our biggest opportunities are and like what our biggest challenges are too. And so I felt like walked away from that and I felt so inspired. You guys came and picked me up um, after that. And we, um, we talked a little bit more about, um, you know, Crimson and my journey, but that, t- that type of stuff, like talking to entrepreneurs, learning from their journey, learning from their lessons, that's like what makes me super excited mm. and gives me lots, lots of energy. So, um, yeah, it was really fun. How do you become, how do you work with Simon Bit? I mean, he's, done amazing things with culture king how did that relationship start so um uh one life club is a venture between myself simon and an amazing entrepreneur who actually um you know um uh created this whole concept of one like one life club um called emil dressick he's based in brisbane um and emil uh runs a uh, has a a real estate company called ngu real estate which is one of the biggest in queensland they do like you know, $2 billion in real estate transactions a year. And he has like $100 million in property development projects a year. So amazing entrepreneur. Um, that he, And he's done a lot of this with his wife. Um, And so funny story about how we met, because we met first and then Simon and I and Emil kind of joined forces. But I was um about, this was probably about a year and a bit ago. Um, I was on a plane from Brisbane to Sydney. And um, normally when I'm on an airplane, I like, I'm the most antisocial person. So like, I just want to sleep like get on the plane go to sleep wake up and get off the plane like I literally will sit there I won't even like eat any food I don't like you know drink the nice champagne or like ask for anything fancy I just like sit there and do my thing anyway this on this flight I sat down and for the first time probably in my whole life I started talking to the person next to me and the person next to me was um this amazing woman called Giselle and this is kind of a funny part of the story but I'd recently bought my first Ferrari Hmm. so she saw me looking at a photo of my new car and she was like, oh, wow, that's a nice car. I was like, yeah, I just got it. She's like, oh my gosh, you bought yourself a Ferrari? And I was like, yeah, you know, like I told her a bit about um, about my car and why I was excited. And so we started talking and um, Emil was sitting behind us and he'd just bought a, la- a new Lamborghini and they were picking it up like the next day. And so we started talking about cars, which was kind of funny, but that's how I met, the- met her and her husband. And so we became friends and a few months later, um, uh, Emil uh, reached out to me saying, hey, Sean, I'd love to talk to you a little bit about what we're doing with One Life Club, which I was kind of across because they told me about it. And um, so I hopped on a call with him and Simon was on the call too. And um, yeah, they both said to me, look, like we've decided to do this together. Um, and Simon had you know, recently left Culture Kings and had a very successful exit um, of that business that him and his wife Tani had built. And um, they were both just so focused on like doing something next that could help share their lessons and you know, help other entrepreneurs to thrive. And that was very up my alley. So, um, yeah, it's been an amazing kind of joint effort between us and our team um, to be able to kind of take One Life Club and the amazing lessons that people have learned to entrepreneurs all around Australia. So, yeah, it's a really exciting time. I think, like, 
there's so much knowledge to be shared. Um, and like One Life is such an amazing organization for being able to share that. So yeah, that's a bit of what we've what we're doing there. <laughs> it's huge. When I when we drove up there, I was looking at like how many blocks are there. You know, it was like <laughs> I was looking at four or five houses, and it was huge. And it was it was interesting. I, I remember Clay did he asked you what was the goal setting like? And I think you, you correct me if I'm wrong. You said it's about reflecting on how each week went. I think that was that was the yeah. part that you were talking about um, when you're setting goals to see exactly how you're tracking each week mm -hmm. and seeing what's necessary and what you need to do in order to get there. You know, you see a lot of people, whether they're in the gym, they're training, they're looking for a new career. Um, it's so important to be able to be reflective each week on how you went mm -hmm. and what you needed to do. How important is that, Clay? I mean, when you look at your week now, are you much more focused on being more reflective on how you've executed, what you've done, how, how much awareness you put into the work, whether you're on time or not. We can get into that later. <laughs> fuck. Never on time. <laughs> never on time. Put my hand up and say, never on time. Yeah, that goes for both of us. Worse than Fijian and Gold Coast time, that one, I tell you. Anyway. It was a once off. But um, yeah, like, look, yeah. For, sure, for sure. Like, I yeah. think um, business and personal life, like, that's a pretty similar thing. Like, what gets measured improves. And yeah. you have to understand the metrics of your life and the metrics of your brand that are going to mm. move the needle to make things better. Yeah. And if you're doing it in your business and you're not doing it with yourself, then you're missing an opportunity. Mm. So I think goal setting is something that as my life has progressed and I've wanted to take on more understanding what that looks like and then measuring that to keep myself accountable um, is not only important um, for me to get better, but also for my happiness. Like mm. I find my happiness is closely tied to progress. When I feel like mm. my life is progressing, I'm a happy, I feel like I'm more fulfilled and I'm a happier person. Um, so that's something that I do quite frequently. I kind of break my life down into different categories and kind of reflect on like, how, am I being a good brother? Am I being a good son? Am I being a good friend? Am I being a good leader? Am I being good to myself and my health? Mm. And like trying to balance those different things I think is important. And the more that I measure them, the more I find I'm able to kind of structure my week to intentionally fill those different buckets that I need to fill for, for me anyway, that works. Mm. Um, and it's the same in a business, like what gets measured improves. Like, you know, some of the stuff that we're doing with yourself is understanding what are the key numbers? How do we break those down? How do we measure each week to understand what, you know, what actions we can take to trigger mm. impact on those numbers to make the brand better? So yeah. I think that's something that if you're not measuring what's important in your business, then you should probably look in and start doing that. And, and you can take that same message to your own personal life and, and understand, you know, what, what things can you measure to make your life better? Mm. And it's, it, it doesn't happen just from a click of a finger, right? You have to be somewhat patient in that process when you're making that change that's necessary. And, and and then bringing the right people on board to to keep them accountable to create the new change and the new path that you're going in and how important is patience um through that process <laughs> is that directed at sean yeah <laughs> well you go first look I, you know what's funny i think if you're an entrepreneur you're everyone's impatient right oh my god true or not true it is so true but how patient do you have to be in the impatience that's a great question. You know, I think my worst personality trait is that I'm impatient. And Clay and I have had debates on this, like, you know, quite a few times because um, I, like, love getting things done really fast. Mm. And, I mean, like, I, I think that sometimes that's really great and sometimes it's just a little bit annoying. Mm. So um, I think that, you know, being able to be, like, excited to see progress is one thing. One, The other thing about me is that I'm very calm. So like mm. I have I have this like urgency to like always do things, but at the same time internally like I'm my mood my my mood is very consistent and like 
I'm always very predictable with my behavior. So like there are very few times where like I just respond or react to something in a way that you wouldn't be able to anticipate. And so that's like, you know, been a bit of a magical combination for me over my, over my career. Like being able to have this impatience and being able to have this urgency, which sometimes, you know, I don't really like, um, but also being able to be really consistent and calm um, has have kind of helped me to be level headed, but also like make sure that I'm actually getting things done. So. so after this, obviously, you, you'd have a few things that you still have to tick off your list because yeah. I was looking at your list yesterday. <laughs> yes. There was, what were some there of the was things more ticks. I, I don't know. There was a couple. <laughs> I'm looking at it. She missed, right? <laughs> there was a cross. There was, there was yeah, you, you crossed something out and then you crossed that out and you ticked that. Yeah, it was, it was yeah, there was a few things there. Are you going to miss anything out after this meeting? Is there anything that you've crossed you out? You know what? I think, if I'm being honest, I But there think was more than five things on there, so I'm going to give you yeah, that. Yeah, there were more than five things on there yesterday, but... It was about ten. To- exactly, like... There's a lot. I, I think that it's it's so fine to, like, set yourself up to, like, try and do a lot. Hmm. And if you don't... If you can't get through everything, that's okay, there's always tomorrow. Hmm. But, like, I prefer to have a day that looks like that than have a day that has one or two things on it and hmm. then, like, spend the rest of the day thinking, like, oh, what else could I have done? Hmm. Or, like oh, like, I wish I had, like, made more of my time, made more use of my time. And so yesterday was a bit of a, you're not going to be happy with this. But yesterday, you know what, <laughs> I actually, I was meant to train, I was meant to go for a walk, and I was meant to train, and I was meant to do a t- ton of things that I just didn't end up doing, mm. and that was really shit. So today, hopefully, I won't miss out on the things yeah. that I was meant to yesterday. I think that's, you know, progress. Continuing you, to keep the, the flywheel moving. Yeah, it's it's important <laughs> to be reflective of that. Like, how do you feel when you're not looking after your health? Uh, I feel pretty terrible. I think, like, there's a really strong... How does it affect your performance? Oh, like, hugely. Like, there's such a strong correlation between, like, being active and, like, eating well and sleeping well mm. and, like, being able to wake up every day and feel really great. Like, I think... I'm naturally like a very positive and optimistic person. And sometimes like that energy can like distract me from like how my body's actually feeling. But what, what ends up happening is like, I end up like feeling really, um, you know, energetic and like I can go, 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 go. But then I just feel like so tired and I crash. And so like have being consistent with like my routine and like being consistent with, you know, my exercise and my food and, you know, all the things that make me feel really good um, is probably like, you know, a, a real key to like me being consistently my best self. What about you, and Clay? Actually, Clay could probably share maybe not all the stories, but some of the stories about our trip to the US and how it was like just go 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 the whole time. Um, but we still managed to get a lot of good stuff done. Yeah, for sure. Did I you get your workouts in? Not as many as I would like, if I'm being mm. honest. Mm. Like I've kind of become accustomed to training like twice a day, like mm. some form of cardio and weights when I'm at home in routine. But mm. the schedule that we had there with like a lot of meetings and and kind of travel and stuff made that a little bit difficult for a period, which mm. I think is okay. Like your life, yeah. those periods can kind of shift. But I think having a a healthy baseline is like extremely important, especially if you're someone that's responsible for other people's success. Like if mm. you have a team or if you have people that you're managing or leading and you're not like healthy and clear-minded and like energized, it's impossible to give yourself to others if you mm. haven't given to yourself first. So I think like yeah. s- like sleep, what you eat, how you exercise, are like imperative for everyone. And it's something I'm quite passionate about with other founders is not just like taking a look into their business but taking a look into them mm. and understanding like how their life is structured and if they're healthy and if they're happy and if they're actually even putting themselves in a position to be a good leader because if you're sleep deprived and stressed and filling yourself with bad food, probably going to be hard to kind of be a, a positive leader. 
The interesting thing about that is I th- I feel like the stereotype for founders is to be sleep de- deprived, stressed, yeah, mm. eating bad food and not having time to. Like, I, I yeah, exercise. I'm I'm really anti that. Like I, I come across well, that was of, the old way, right? Yeah, well, I think the old like the old view was that like there was a direct correlation between like suffering and progress. Mm. So like the more I suffer, the more I'll succeed. And if I had have suffered more, I would have succeeded more. Mm. I genuinely don't think that's the case. Like I think why we're enjoying working together at the moment is um. We kind of think you can do it in a way that's like positive and fun. You know, there is definitely times where you can be impatient and you need to make quick decisions and you need to, you know, do whatever you need to do in a business. But overall, if it's not meaningful and fun, as Sean says, like, why are you doing it? Yeah. You know, there's, there's a million different ways that you can make a dollar. Um, try and spend your time doing things that are a little bit more meaningful and things that you enjoy. But I, yeah, I'm super passionate. I've always been involved in health and fitness businesses. So I've been quite mm. exposed to it. I think you're a pretty good example of that too, right? You've made a lot of changes in your personal life the last kind of, I don't know, 24, 36 months and you're a better leader and your business is performing better than ever. Um, what, what, what happens is when you start looking after your health, you have much greater output. And then yeah. like if you can take feedback on faster, you can pivot faster, there's so many things you can do. But not only that, when you do look after your health, your bandwidth of what you can do increases. So this is the question I was going to ask next was, how important is it to be around people that you're trying to be like, whether it be in health, whether it be in business, whether it be in anything that you're trying to get better at? Like what, what kind of vibration, what kind of level do you have to be at yeah. with other people around you? Probably and how important this. is it? How important is it? I Look, I hate like the cliche like quotes. I really don't. I don't <laughs> like them. But one of them that I do agree with is like you are kind of the sum of the five people that you spend your, mm. the, the most of your time with. Um if you surround yourself with the right people that have the right habits, like you have no choice, but like they'll set the standard that you need to meet. Whereas if you're trying to set a great standard for yourself, but that's not being enforced by the people around you, you won't rise to the level of your ambition. You'll fall to the level of your systems and your environment. So I think like putting yourself around good people that really challenge you that you can learn from is the best way for you to ensure progress. If you're in a really terrible environment, but you're super ambitious, it can be quite hard for Mm. you to kind of perform at the level that you want to. I really agree with that. And I think that um, we often just stumble into like friendships or we stumble into relationships and, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, like, you know, family's there regardless. Um, But I think that like we need to be really intentional with how we spend our time. And so if you can identify like the traits that you want to embody yourself and if you can be intentional with spending time with people who embody those already, um, whether it's like things that help you progress in your career or things that just help you be the best version of yourself and be a better human. Um, I think that that's really important. So like, uh, I think, yeah, taking us a, a moment to like actually think about who do I want to be um, and who do I know that like is doing some of the, and it, or is the person that I want to be in different ways um, is probably one of the most powerful things you can do. We talked about like goal setting and like being accountable and checking in on your goals regularly and all of that stuff like you would in a business. Mm. I think that level of taking that like level of um like being deliberate but with your own development um and like constructing an environment for yourself that's conducive to where you want to be in your life is so important and we don't do it like mm. when was the last time you sat down and thought like who do I want to be in a year or two years or three years and like who are my influences around me I mean I until I realized this I'd, I'd never done that it's so important right yeah. it's like it's like anything like if you if you want to be good at boxing if you want to be good at you know uh you know a better physique you got to try and look at who's who's a level above how can i get coached by them to go to that next level it it matters so much in order to get to the level that you require you know like 
you, you're never gonna listen to you know the person next door that has never built a house and you want to build a house right you're going to go to the person that's the expert in that area you know and and, and i always say to people if you want to go to that next level you got to level up on who you can surround yourself with but once you do that and you go to that level ask yourself the question what have you got to give because these people aren't just going to allow exactly you know people that are dragging the chain yeah know? and i think that part around you know what do you what do you, what value do you add to other mm. people is so important but beyond it just being transactional like how do you make sure that every day you wake up and wherever you are in your life and on your journey you can give the you can give the world and the people around you the mm. best version of yourself i think that's really important like you might not be able someone might be better at you at a specific skill mm. or you know might be more experienced at real estate or might be more experienced at like maths or whatever it is that you want to be good at and that's okay but if you can show up to every like relationship or interaction or meeting or whatever it is and be really committed to yourself to give it everything that you can i think that that like psych that psyche around like actually like taking the opportunity to push yourself and give it all give it your all mm. is actually what adds value to others like it's like you could sit here i could sit here and not know anything about a topic but i would be curious enough to ask the questions that might feel like dumb questions mm. or I'd be curious enough to actually like challenge you on something if I we've had lots of conversations we, we challenge it was each great. other we, we, um, look, you know what was great about it but, we, we come from two different worlds right yeah. two different opinions but we had a discussion you weren't right I wasn't right we we're just having a discussion about two different views exactly and that's like a great example where like you know I felt like you added value to my mm. world by sharing your viewpoint with me mm. and hopefully in some weird way, shape or form, I did the same. And that no, wasn't about, you, did. you know, you, you, did. you know, I wasn't an expert. I wasn't yeah. an expert in any of those conversations, but in that interaction, like you added value to me and I added value to mm. you. And I think that's how you make sure that when you're surrounding yourself with the right people, you're giving value to people mm. too. You're just committed to being able to be present and like, you know, really engage with whatever you're talking about. And like, you know, give every conversation everything you have. So like on this podcast, obviously I've interviewed a lot of people that have been obviously extremely successful in sport or in business, right? And I've asked, you know, very similar questions to so many different people. And one thing that I've, what I want people to realize is this. I never got given anything special. I was just an average person, right? You know, good family, supportive family. You were the same. And you were the same. It wasn't like we came from money. Mm -hmm. We didn't come from money. And a lot of people will look at us and go, oh, they were lucky. I don't think there's... Luck only comes to those that are prepared to put in the work, right? And that's what I want people to understand because we're getting close towards the end of this podcast and I'm sure we're going to do a lot more of these. But one thing I want people to understand is this. When people look at Chandra, she wasn't given... A silver spoon with all this money to go out and do what you 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 know to build a business fail as much as you want and you're going to have the business valued at this much and you're going to be in the top 30 in the world in, in the asia pacific right how people really have to understand that right because they'll look at not the finished product the 20 year old sean going she had it easy it couldn't be any further from the truth right i think what you're saying is so there's so much truth in that like success is never something that you just wake up with one day like even like right now sitting here with you both i feel like 
like if you ask me if I feel like I'm proud of what I've achieved, yes. But if you ask me if I feel like I'm like reached my success, I'd say no. Like mm. you have to be committed to this journey every single day. And I think that nothing that is easy, nothing that is nothing that's worthwhile ever comes easily. So you have to be willing to put in the work. Yes, I think that in my journey, like being able to meet the right people at the right time was helpful. And like there probably was a bit of luck in that. But if I wasn't open to actually putting in the hard work and if I wasn't open to learning and if I wasn't open to, you know, like developing myself, that wouldn't have even, I wouldn't have even seen it as luck. I wouldn't have seen the opportunity at all. And so I think having the like awareness to do that is really important. And also the confidence to be able to say, I'm going to try. Hmm. What about for you, Clay? Like, it wasn't um, wasn't just given to you. You had to no, well, put yourself I would, in like, the right position. I would say that I was very lucky. We might not have had some things, but I, I was raised in a family with like unconditional love. Yes. So for me, I'll like always. I be think so we can all attest to that, that right? I think we all. I think had that's that. like a real powerful driver for us to become who we became because we wanted to be providers and and to like be the versions of ourselves that our parents like instilled that self belief and love in. So like that was really powerful, and I think that's something I'm super grateful for. Um, but in terms of resource, it was very much, you know, like starting my life from like a, a fresh slate and being yeah. cool. This is who I am. These are the qualities that I have. This is how much I believe I can go go on and do in the world. Let, let's go and figure it out, you know, which again, I wouldn't change that. Yeah. Like I kind of think it's amazing to start from that platform and kind of and build out your journey as you go. I mean, look, before this podcast, we were sitting in here and we were having a discussion and I took a lot away from both of you. You know, Sean was asking me a, a lot of great questions and it made me really think um, a lot more and with a lot more depth. And at that point I was going, there's so much more that you, you can become and you can give and you can go to that next level. It doesn't matter what age you are. And, and there, there's no finish line of this. As long as you can be around the right people and believe in yourself consistently, even on the, I think the, 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 the biggest thing that individuals need to do is you have to believe in yourself in the toughest days when it gets really hard when you go, this feels like a, a, a brick wall or, or a dead end here. And this is where you got to really push hard and, 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 you know, look at the resilience that you've had previous to this to go to that next level. And the biggest thing that I try and do with the podcast is where people can go, I like what Sean said. I like what Clay, I mean, heaps of people watch your videos and loved all your videos, every single video that we've done. <laughs> so, but, but it, it matters. Like, you know, I was with Sean and, you ask me what what are they like seeing? It was it was when they say Nelson Mandela that made the difference to ask the question. So you don't even know which video is going to pop where they're going to ask the question. Like who is that girl? What has she done? And I think people want to believe that they can make it, and they want that other person to be relatable to them, so they can believe the story that that you know. If the, they did it, then I can do it too. That's the thing, right? That's the thing. Like everyone's done it before you as well yeah. and everyone's going to do it after you. Yeah. It's not going to change. That process isn't going to change. And I find that when I hit a goal and I create more value in people's lives, I feel better about myself. I can go to bed, sleep, I've done everything that I could possibly do today and I'm going to make tomorrow better. I love that. Agree. Thanks, guys, for this great discussion, <laughs> this round you. table. If there was one more person there, Kenny. <laughs> Could have been, yeah, one more there. Could have been right around the table. But I just want to thank you guys because there's so many takeaways that people can take. And not only that, this is what I want as well before we finish. Where can people find you because you guys are doing huge things and people are going to ask, like, what do they do? Like, 
You just help businesses. Yeah. You just help businesses we're scale. Shan's, Shan's been really great. She started last week sharing more <laughs> of her journey on socials. But Shan, like if I'm, someone um, wanted to reach out to you, obviously, you know, <laughs> it's not easy to get access to great people, um, but they might want your services, like, right? Yeah, yeah um, And obviously sure. you, you do the One Life. Clay, you, you consult to me, you help my business. So people can find you on what platform? You can find me on Instagram. I'm probably tagged in this video, but it's just my name, Clayton Musmechi yeah. yeah. um, and Sean. I'm going to put it out there on the record because I've been pretty slack, haven't I? You have. Yes. But I'm gonna start it's to a red card. I'm going to start journey. to send more content. Second. Okay. I'm going to start to share <laughs> more second, content. Sean. I'm going to get a red card. Cut, right. the Cut it, Kenny. <laughs> I don't have my pencil. <laughs> You're lucky you would have been reported. <laughs> you came late. You haven't put yourself out there. That's true. This is it. Is the we'll see at the judiciary, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you can find Sean on, on Instagram now too. So, yep. yeah, cool. Or Thanks, on LinkedIn. Guys. LinkedIn, which one's your favorite? Which one's your favorite? Which one's my favorite? Oh, probably Instagram. Instagram we get, yeah. actually, we've, we've met some really interesting people over the last yeah. week through Instagram. Yeah. Like That's true. Really cool businesses asking good questions. And yeah, yeah, no, it's awesome. Thanks a lot, guys. Ooh. Hopefully, there's no more red cards this season, but <laughs> not if Clay's back. <laughs> man, for late, yeah. I mean, people have asked, so Metsy, you're being a bit harsh. Maybe a yellow card first. I said, man, I'm a tough referee. <laughs> well, you want an easy referee? You can, well, I'm not the guy you're looking for. All Thanks right. again, huh? Amazing. Thanks for having us. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you.